Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Our Father and our God, how can we thank you for this unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ? We give you our hearts. We want grace to give more of ourselves to you so that you can use us for whatever pleases you. As we zoom into the application of union with Christ, our prayer this morning is that you will speak to us more than the preacher can do so that we can hear you clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. Please resume your seats. From Monday evening all the way to yesterday, we started examining the teaching of the Bible on our union with Christ. We define union with Christ as connectedness with Christ. Christ in you, you in Christ, Christ with you, you putting on Christ as a clothing, you being one spirit with Christ, Christ being your life, things you can do through Christ, things Christ did for you, and things we did with Christ. All that comes under the umbrella topic, union with Christ. Now, this means that God intentionally wants Jesus Christ to be everything all the time for every Christian. Let's read a few passages. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 10 and 11 tell us that God has made up his mind and he has put everything in heaven and on earth even to the time to come under Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 10 and 11 from the New King James Version. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. God has decided to gather together all things in heaven and on earth 
under Jesus Christ. Jesus is not just a religious leader. He is not the co-equal of any religious leader who has ever lived or will ever live. All things in heaven and all things on earth, God has desired that they will be together under Jesus forever. And the same Ephesians from the same chapter 1, he begins to explain from verse 21 how high Jesus is up to verse 23. Yes. Far above all principality and power. God lifted Jesus far above all principality and power. No angel is Jesus' equal in any way. He is far above them. And might and dominion. Yes. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. The name of Jesus is far above every name that can be named. Not only in this age, but in the age to come. The greatest personality of all the ages into one billion, trillion, quadrillion, sextillion, nonillion, zillion years is Jesus Christ. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things. To the church. To the church, yes. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Yesterday we read Colossians chapter 1, and we are told that all things in heaven and on earth were created by Jesus and for Jesus. And that it pleased God that the fullness of everything should dwell in him. And the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus bodily. He is above all. Forever. And he fills everything in the universe. So, God decided in eternity past, Ephesians 1.4, to choose us in Christ. To bless us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. To adopt us as his children in Christ. To predestine that we should be conformed to the image of Christ. And in the fullness of time, he sent Jesus. He was tempted in every way like us, yet without sin. Though he was a son, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. But he knew no sin. He committed no sin. He had no sin. There was no guile in his mouth. On the cross, he paid the greatest price for my sin, your sin, and the sin of the whole world. He is big in 
enough to carry your sin, my sin, the sin of the whole world for millions of years because he is 100% God and 100% man. He is big enough. People say, why is it that it's 2,000 years since Jesus died and how can you say his blood can wash my sins? You are joking. It's because you don't know the Lord Jesus. You don't know how big, how unsurpassingly big he is. You cannot wrap your mind around the greatness of Jesus. He is so great that when he dies for your sins, then your sin is paid for. And he's paid for. And his, his death alone pays for the sin of the whole world for ages to come. Because of who he is. And the Bible is very clear that God, in an attempt to help us be victorious in this world, when Christ was crucified, you were crucified with him. When he died, you died with him. When he was buried, you were buried with him. When he resurrected, you were made alive with him. When he ascended, you ascended with him. When he sat at the right hand of God, you sat there with him. You are sitting there with him right now. He who knew no sin, God made him to be sin for you. Then he became a curse for you to buy you out of the curse of the law. In addition to that, he carried your diseases and infirmities. And he took your poverty. And broke the power of Satan over your life forever. And gave you peace which the world can never give you. Then we looked at the pictures. We saw that he is a true vine. We are the branches. He is the head of the body. We are the body of Christ. He is the bridegroom and husband. We are the bride and the wife. He is the firstborn. We are brothers and sisters of his. We also saw that he is the chief cornerstone. We are living stones. He is the high priest. We are royal priesthood and a holy priesthood. We saw that Jesus Christ is the sheep shepherd. We are the sheep. We also saw that he is the heavenly man, the new man, the second man. And we are heavenly people after him. New creation after him. And we, we didn't have time to explore it. But in God wants the picture to stick to your chest forever. So baptism is to be practiced practically. So that forever you will remember when you died with Jesus. You were buried with Jesus in the water. And you got up to newness of life. Then he instituted communion so that you eat his flesh, drink his blood, so that he will be in you and you will be in him forever. And you will not forget the picture. Then also, he says, we are yoked together with him. Take my yoke upon you. And finally, on the day he was arrested, he prayed to God and said that we will be in him and he in us just as he is in the Father 
and the Father is in him. That's the greatest picture of our union with Christ. Yesterday, we tried to attack the application, but there was no time to do a good job. And today, I want us to take time to look at the chapter in the Bible which applies our union with Christ most. That's Colossians chapter 3. But before the application, I want to clear my throat on this. You see, when you apply a scientific law or a social principle or a rule, you apply it to produce results. Should I say that again? Electricity is a powerful substance. But electricity as electricity can kill you if you handle the naked wire. But it can also give you light. It can cause the fun. It can make the television work. So we call it application. Application of electricity gives us light. It makes the fun work. Runs big machines for us. In the same way, Akosombo Dam uses the law of hydrodynamics. The fact that water flows from a high place to a low place to turn the table engines that give electricity to Ghana. It's a law of hydrodynamics, but it's applied at Akosombo Dam and it gives you electricity to the whole Ghana. The law of aerodynamics is what makes aeroplanes fly above gravity. On your own, if you want to jump, you are pulled down. You jump, you are pulled down. But the aeroplane has been built as birds fly. So that when you enter the aeroplane, you don't jump. You sit and fasten your seatbelt. And the aeroplane uses the law of aerodynamics to, to pierce the sky at an angle that it is able to fly 34,000 feet in the sky and carry human beings, 700 human beings, from Accra, Ghana to London, Heathrow Airport. Why? They are applying the law of aerodynamics. So, in the same way, you can know about union with Christ. But if you don't apply it, it doesn't begin to benefit you. We say knowledge is power, but it is not true. I know people who are PhD, but they are unemployed. You see, knowledge alone is not power. Apply 
applied knowledge, rightly applied knowledge, is power. So, we are going to look at the application of our union with Christ. Now, Colossians, just like Ephesians, belongs to the set of letters we call prison letters, prison epistles. Because Paul wrote them when he was in prison in Rome, about A.D. 62 to 64. And Ephesians and Colossians begin by telling you who you are in Christ. Before telling you what you must do because you are in Christ. In the same way, Colossians 1 and 2 establishes who you are in union with Christ. But from chapter 3, he begins to tell you what you must do now because of your union with Christ. So the first four verses tell you what to seek with your heart and what to think with your mind. Then, from verse 5 all the way to verse 9, he tells you how to put to death and put off your old man. From verse 10, He begins to argue with you what to put on now. Because you are in union with Christ and you are a new man. Put on, put on, put on. And he talks to husbands, wives, fathers, children, servants. Because you are in Christ. So, I want us to spend our time looking a little closely at this passage. Let's read Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1 to 4. Allow me to interrupt the reading because I can't go back afterwards. Colossians chapter 3 from 1 to 4. Yes. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is. He says that, look, he has been telling you how in Christ is in you. Chapter 1 verse 27. Then from chapter 2 verse 11 to 13, he tells you how you were crucified with Christ. You died with Christ. In baptism, you were made alive together with Christ. So, in chapter 3, he says, Okay, if you really 
were raised with Christ. And you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. The first application is where your heart is. The things your heart seeks. Jesus bluntly in Matthew 6.33 Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be to you. In Matthew 6, 21, Jesus said, Where your treasure is, there your heart also will be. The first application of your being united with Jesus is that because you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, the things you seek now should be heavenly things first. If you are a born again Christian, and your heart is only on worldly earthly things, you are twice dead. Why? Because James chapter 4, verse 4 says, anyone who loves the world is an enemy of God. James chapter 4, verse 4. Yes. Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Do you see why he calls you an adulteress? Hmm. Who, who knows why he calls us adulteress, adulteress and adulteresses? Because you are married. You are married. You are married and your Lord is seated in the heavenly places and you are seated there with him. If you are also in love with this world, you are a shower. You, you are a prostitute. You are an adulteress. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You know, um, is that Emmanuel? Emma, please come again today. Uh, I want somebody who is big. Yes. Many Christians don't understand what worldliness does. Ima, you are welcome. This is you. This is God. Now fight, fight him. Please, fight him. Fight him. You see, anyone who wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. God resists you in life. It's not Satan. It's God who is your enemy. It's not the devil. No amount of deliverance ministration can help you. Because you are an enemy of God. And he himself is the one fighting you. Does he have right? Yes, verse 5. Verse 5. Verse 5 of James 4. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? He is jealous. The spirit who is in us is jealous. We see you welly dancing to welly music and, and you know, welly people and do, singing welly songs and, you know, watching welly games and things. You have a jealous God, a jealous Jesus, and you are, He is resisting you in life. There are certain things you can never get as a Christian if you are a welly Christian. It, you will never get it. It's not the devil. It's your father. Who is resisting you? Thank you.
First John chapter 2 verse 15 to 17 says, Love not the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. Because all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, is not of the Father. So love of worldly things kills love for the Father. And the world passes away and everything in it. And you pass away with that. But anyone who does the will of God abides forever. 1 John 2, 15-17 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Yes. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. I, I can't see how you can convince me that the Holy Spirit is in you and you are in the Spirit when you are also having one leg in the world. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 says, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. 1 Corinthians 2.12 Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. There is a Spirit in the world. There is a Spirit of God. In John 14, verse 17, he says, The world does not know the Holy Spirit. They don't see Him. They don't have anything to do with Him. But you know Him, for He is with you and in you. I think the point is made. So he says that the first application of the fact that you have been raised together with Christ and you are seated with him there, your heart should seek things which are above, not things which are on this earth. Should I remind you of Matthew six nineteen to 21? He says you shouldn't even lay your treasures on this earth. You should lay your treasures in heaven. Because here, thieves, moth, rust, they come in. Many times people come to me and tell me how I'm robbers. I've come to take this. Meanwhile, in church, they give like five cities. But the armed robber came to take 100,000. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So lay treasures where when armed robbers come and take. You will be free. Because you know where your real treasures are. Please, let's go on with the Colossians. So back, now we are two. Back to Colossians chapter 3. 3 verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Okay, now he is on your mind. What things do you think about? When you wake up in the night, what are your thoughts? thoughts about? Is it about disciple making, world evangelism, holiness, memorizing Bible verses, or how to make more crooked money? How to cheat better in exams? How to drink aperitif without your, husband, your wife knowing? Are those the things which your mind settles on? Okay, then he gives the reason. Yes. 
verse 3. Yes, verse 3. For you died. You died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is actually hidden with Christ in God. It's not a story. It's a reality. It's not imagination. It's a truth. It's not a hazy idea. It's a clear work that heaven has done. God planned it millions of years ago before the world began. And Christ came to effect our union with him. So if 2,000 years you put your faith in that Christ, now those things are to happen to you as reality. They are not dreams. You are not going to church for entertainment. What we are doing here, we are not entertaining ourselves. We are building on truth. You are dead. Your life is hidden with Christ inside God. If you are dead, why is it that this type of hairstyle which worldly people are doing, you too, you like it? Then you are not dead. No. Let's, let's be honest. You see, there is a businessman, a contractor, who has cheated in order to get a contract. And he tells you. Then suddenly... You see the thing rising up in your heart like Henia, that you two go and do it. Are you dead? You are not dead. You are very alive. You see, if you are really dead, then prove it. You are dead. Yes? When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, look at this. He says, when Christ, who is our life, not who will be our life. Christ is our life now. You are alive, but the person whose life is biggest in your life is Christ. He is your life, Philippians 1.21. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ is my life. So, having a daily quiet time, praying or fasting, going to church, fellowship, making disciples, sharing my personal testimony, winning souls. That is my life. It is not the pastor forcing you. It's not the elder. You are doing it just because elder is around. Whenever he's not around, okay, I'm free now. You are never free. You now have a life. Christ is your life. Christ is your life. Now, we come to a very sober part. From verse 5 all the way to verse 10, he says, put to death, put off, put off. Read it for us. Verse 5 of Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, 
best way to do this is to read the talkative Bible, the Amplified Bible. You see, in Romans 8.13, he says that by the Spirit put to death. But in Colossians 3.5, he says you put to death. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 from the Amplified Bible. So kill, deaden, deprive of power. Kill, deaden, deprive of power. The evil desire lurking in your members. The evil desire secretly. You see, some people, when you see them, they smile outside. But there is anger, secret spirit of anger in them. So they are nice as long as you don't touch that place. Immediately you push them against the wall. The real secret anger in them comes out like a viper. You say, And some people, it is secret pride. They are nice to everybody. But when something happens, and they start talking, so this is how this guy thinks. Ah. You see? Sometimes, last time I mentioned Second Peter 2.14. It says, some people, their eyes are full of adultery. When they see you, just when they look at you, their eyes tell you, come and sleep with me. Come and have sex with me. Because, you see, the thing is in the person. And the scripture says, kill, put to death, deprive of life. Kill them. Yes. Um, the evil desire lurking in your members. Yes. Those animal impulses. Animal impulses. I like that. And all that is earthly in you, Good. that is employed in sin. Yes. Sexual vice. Sexual vice. Impurity. Impurity. When you say impurity, it refers to uh, pornography. It, it, everything which you say, I'm not really having sex. I'm not really. Uh, I'm not. But you are looking at naked girls' pictures. But you, uh, whenever you are on. You are scrolling through on the internet and you see ladies you pause and then you know you see it, it, it is it's, the thing is lurking inside you you know so you say me I didn't go to a photography it just came it came on the screen it came it came it came why didn't you kill it sensual appetite sexual appetite Unholy desires. Unholy desires. Sometimes I look at some brothers. It looks to me like they are. I, I'm not spiritual at all. Because they are, the way they are able to hold girls and touch their breasts and things. And, and you are not married. And, and you coming back alive. I can't do that. Me, I, I can't. Because, yeah, I'm telling you. Because these things... It's like bringing fire and petrol together. And so when it boom, boom, boom and uh, you know, one of our pastors, he was just burning the rubbish, not knowing that his old mobile phone was inside. And then, boom, his whole body, the skin just peeled off. So, 
I mean, whenever I am with ladies, I, I, I watch myself. Because I can see the explosion. Yeah. Please, let me, I'm not being overly, you know. One of the shocks I had was, I thought if I got married, all these girl girl things would stop. It's a lie. The fact that you are married is no... If there is a married man in the house, lift up your hands. Let me see it. Please, put down your hands. Please, listen. Put down your hands if after marriage, because of that, no other beautiful girl attracts you. Put down your hands. If you raise your hands, it means that after marriage, the thing is there. I'm not the only person. Thank you very much. So I tell the young men, if you don't overcome this before you marry, even after marriage, you can't overcome it. Are you listening? When the boy says, let me sleep with you before the wedding day, he, he has finished you. He has finished you. It means that he is not healed. The thing is there, lacking. Yes? What else are you to keep? So he depends on these sexual sins. He mentions four different types. <laughs> Unholy desires. Unholy desires. And all greed and covetousness. Greed. Covetousness. Greed is a Greek word meaning that you want more. You want more. You are never satisfied. Never content. Many of our brothers, I mean, this is not the place to say it, but when I read the report that of about 52, 54 people who died last year in the and their bodies were transported to Ghana, 48 of them died because they were just overworked. Taxi driver, you have no time to eat, no time for your wife and, and children, no time. Every time in the taxi, cry. yes, let you get some bread. You are driving and eat because you want more money. More. Some people walk through Sahara Desert in order to get to Europe. Wh- what is that? Eh? That is what we call greed, covetousness. Just wanting more. And when you go there, your mother is dead. You can't come back. Because you don't have papers. What, what are you searching for in life? The number of our professionals who leave the shores of Africa every day is a sickness to me. Why? Africa is already a poor continent. And the poor continent uses all its poor money to look after your professional. When they are professionals, they leave poor Africa for greener pastures so that poor Africa is poorer. So your mother and father are poor. So because of that, when they pay through their teeth to look after you to finish university, then you pick a rich father now and a rich mother because your parents are poor. Is that the reason to go out? But he says covetousness. Yes. Covetousness, 
For that is idolatry. He calls it idolatry. You are serving idols. The because it time. means money has become your God. Matthew 6.24. He says you can never serve two masters. Nobody can serve two masters. You love one, you hate the other. You worship one, you despise the other. You can never in this life serve two masters. You are wasting your time. Yes. Verse 6 now. Verse 6 now. Yes. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Hmm. Do you see that? Homosexuals are trying to tell us that there is nothing wrong with lesbianism, gay, transgender, bisexual, uh, you know, asexual, and everything. LGBTQQTTIA+. You see, 47 different variations. But the Bible is saying, don't be deceived. The wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience before, because of these things. Don't, don't, don't be de- I'm so proud of African churches that they were able to separate themselves from this. One, of, one Nigerian bishop calls it this sexual marriage nonsense. And our own, um, the former Church of Pentecost head, you know, it's a nonsense which white people are trying to put into, onto black people because we are black. Amen. In which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. You also walked there before. Yes. But now you yourselves are to put off all these. You yourselves are to do what? Put off all these. You yourselves are to do what? Put off all these. Please notice. It is not Jesus who put them off for you. You are to put to death. You are to put off. You are to put off. Anger. Wrath. Malice. The difference between anger and wrath is that anger is the type of slow, secret, rising, sharp discontentment that moves gradually like a volcano or a rubber ball. It heats up slowly. That's what we call anger. But wrath is the type which, when you get angry, go! You slap somebody. You throw a knife at somebody. You, you insult the person. That's what we call wrath. You see? Because it, it bursts out both are wrong. Some people say, well, for me, when I'm angry, I'll just be looking at you. I'll get you. You are also wrong. The other person said, for me, when you do anything, and I slap you or insult you, both, it's left my heart. I don't keep it. You are also wrong. You have to put off both. Yes? Malice. Malice is planning evil secretly. 
you want to torture your wife. So, you came from work. You waited. She pounded fufu and cooked and everything. Set the table. Say, oh, this evening I would rather have tea. You see? Because that's malice. You see? You want to show her. So you let us do that. And then, I'll take, I'll take tea. That's malice. It's, you are planning evil. Some women too do it. You see? I mean, you know, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't want to go into that. Because... Because the women are better at this trade. The Abigail and Esther better than the men. So, it's okay. Yes. Blasphemy. Blasphemy means saying something about somebody who is so much higher than you. It's like saying, ah, the president is a fool. Thank you for saying, oh. That's what we mean by blasphemy. If the president of Ghana, you are calling him a fool. Then what about when you call God fool? There are certain things you say after you have said them. The whole heaven is quiet. Because the angels cannot see how you can say this about God. It's called blasphemy. Filthy language out of your mouth. Filthy, filthy language, dirty language. There are certain things a Christian should not say. Do you understand? No matter how angry you are, there are certain things which will not come out of your mouth. Filthy language. Dirty language. Ephesians 4.29 calls it corrupt language. Language apro. Hmm? Language which rots. Do not when when uh, my office was uh, in Commonwealth Hall of the University of Ghana. And those boys, every one of our Christian hymns, they have put profane inside it. And if you dare listen, for one month, that song will be ringing in your heart. One month. Better not listen. Yes. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deed. You see? Do not do what? Lie. Some Christians are professional liars. They have lied until they believe the lie themselves. <laughs> I remember when I was small and they asked me, have you had your bath? I said, yes. I said, go and bring the towel. And I went and brought the towel. It was very dry. And I, in my young mind, I didn't know that if you have your bath with a towel, it should be wet. So all the adults started laughing. But me, I didn't get the joke at all. You see, you are a Christian and you are a liar. The senior prefect of hell is lies. That's uh, Revelation 21, verse 8. You will be senior prefect by all means in hell. You better prepare. So try to tell the truth. 
one to another. It's not better to tell the truth and they kill you than to lie. Some women too do it. You know that you have done certain things. If your husband hears, then you are finished. So you try to massage the truth. Okay. So please. And yes. have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge. So did you see that? You put off the old man. You have put on the new man. Renewed in knowledge. Please, you have to read fast According now. to the image of him who created him. Yes. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Put on. You are putting off and putting on. This is the reason why that chapter needs to be studied. You have to take steps to kill areas in your life which belong to the old man. Yesterday, as I listened to the homecoming of the, the old saints of uh, CDM Bible College, I took a decision that the greatest vote for life changing in CDM is the daily quiet time. Structured, planned, quiet time. If you know your problem is lying, build your quiet time around how to stop lying. That's it. Put it off. If you don't do anything for yourself for the whole of 2022, but you manage to break the arm of sin in your life forever, you have won. But now he begins to talk about putting on godly character. Yes. Put on tender mercies. Tender mercies. Kindness. You see, it means that God requires us together. He says tender mercies. It's, it's a Greek word which means you feel for people to the level of your, your liver and your spleen. You see, your inside. There are certain things which we are all dancing. And somebody uses his elbow to hit your mouth. And two of your teeth came out. You need to understand that he didn't plan that that morning you should lose two of your teeth. So you need to have a tender mercy in your heart to forgive that person because it wasn't a planned evil. It wasn't out of malice. He was just dancing and then the thing happened. So certain people in the church, they find it so difficult to forgive. You see, when somebody offends you, even if you come to church and the person is wearing the same cloth with you, you go out and go and change before you come back. You say, hey, my wife will testify. You know, one of her uncles, one of her uncles married two women 
And they were rivals. One came from Kumasi and one was from Amfuega. And the one from Kumasi came in a certain cloth. Not knowing that the rival had the same cloth. So she just went to her trunk, took the same cloth and used it to cover herself to go to the farm. <laughs> to show that what you have brought from Kumasi as high class cloth is my farming cloth. This is how some people behave in the church. You see? You see your friend in a certain cloth or something. So, you see that even the person comes to sit beside you, then you all go and dance. Then you pretend as if you forgot where you were sitting and sit another place because you don't want to sit beside that sister. Anyway, Kindness. Kindness. Humility. Humility. Meekness. Meekness. Long suffering. I, I hope the point is made. I'm okay. When you go home, take Colossians 3 and work on it. Steady it. Amen. Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.